The Athen Real Talk podcast explores controversial ideas to stimulate debate and active thinking. These ideas do not always reflect Athen's personal views. Welcome to the Athen Real Talk podcast. He has been called the best gamer in the world, hands down. World famous gamer and philanthropist Athen. Gaming for good, it's called, has raised more than $20 million. Using his notoriety to raise money for charity. On activism, science, culture, and self-development. I'm proud to have him in the studio today. I would not want to take you on in a video game. I'm trying to fix my social phobia. I thought about it, and the reason is either because I value what other people think about me, but I think that is not the case, or I have a too bad self-image, but I think this is the case. Yes, it's the second one. The reason why you value what other people think about you is because you doubt yourself. If you don't doubt yourself, you have quite some confidence. You don't care so much about what people think about you. Problem, though, is, and this is how it works, you got to think about it. I'm actually going to give quite an elaborate answer to what you say. When we grew up through evolution, the evolution of time, right? Back in the days, there was not all this technology and society taking care of you. Back in the days, the way you would survive or not was depending on how the tribe perceived you. And if you would do really well, you could grow into the tribe leader. And that's how life worked for hundreds of thousands of years. And our brain is really wired to do that. So basically, caring what other people think about you is something that allows us to maintain our survival. It gives us safety. But if you can get that safety out of yourself, then you can have this much stronger view on things where what other people think about you doesn't affect you as much, actually even very little. So the reason why you have this idea of what other people think about you is because on a fundamental level, you think you cannot provide for yourself. If you know you can truly, truly fall back on yourself and you can truly trust yourself and you feel safe in who you are, then you're not going to be so busy with what other people think about you. You will just see it as like whatever. Atin, but didn't you say that you always doubt yourself to have a bigger impact? Viz Mortis. I'm going to answer this question really nice because it's a good question. Because of course, when I use words, they're always limited. When I use doubt or self-doubt or whatever, depending on which context, I use it differently. So I'm going to address your question very, very concretely. The thing is that questioning yourself is very healthy. It's good to understand that on a fundamental level, we all have this denial in us. We all have this bias in us this confirmation bias. We always have this tendency to see the world the way we would like to see, the way that it overlaps with our beliefs. It's actually one of the more studied aspects of our brain in psychology. So questioning yourself is always good to do. But at the same time, if you can find your trust in understanding, and if you can really channel it through that, whenever you're in doubt, you can just reach out to your understanding. And your understanding translates this doubt that goes normally to fear or to anything that works can go to ego or whatever. Rather than triggering that, it just triggers your curiosity to understand. So when I say to this person like, yeah, yourself of doubt, it's because you really truly doubt yourself. The doubt I'm speaking here about is not a rational one. It's an emotional one. Person doubts himself on a fundamental level, on an emotional level, really doubts himself. But if he knows that he can find safety in the way he goes about life through understanding, then he can overcome that doubt by channeling it through understanding instead. And then, instead of the doubt that I'm talking about in this context, which is more an emotional doubt on a fundamental level, it becomes a more rational doubt where you just constantly question the way you go about things, even though you don't really doubt that you can understand things. You trust it. You trust that understanding can give you answers to everything. That's what you do. So you trust understanding to take care of you. And as a result, on an emotional level, you find this confidence in that regards. 
I got some really interesting stuff to talk about. So I came to quite some interesting realizations. And this is going to help you guys quite a bit. It's actually fascinating because it's literally the conclusion of making sense, but I never really accentuated it as much. I talked about it quite a bit also in previous real talks, but it was never so much like something I understood. The mechanic I never really understood as well. But I understand much better now. And let me tell you, all of you guys, you have needs, things you want. And it can be a need to survive, a need to belong, a need to love, a need to whatever. You guys all have needs. And the way you go about getting your needs is about what you've learned about what works. And you then just do that, you use that. Even if the beliefs that you are going about it can be more damaging in the long run or whatever, what works, works. I mean, there is no right and wrong when it comes down to the way you go about beliefs. And this is where the beauty is, because this is something that a lot of people can relate to. The reason why when I say certain things, certain people get triggered is because I'm basically threatening their beliefs that they use to get what they need. And the reason why your beliefs get threatened is because when I say something that doesn't align with what you think, you start questioning your beliefs and therefore you start questioning how to get your needs. And the extent to which you feel threatened is the extent to which you're attached, emotionally attached to your beliefs. The more you're emotionally attached to your beliefs, the more you really hold on to it to get what you need. And there is a very beautiful mechanic that I started realizing. And it is that I always talk about detachment, right? About how important it is to detach, to see things for what they are, to grow. But the problem is that this detachment perspective is the one that applies for me. I've grown so much that I'm just detached about almost anything because I have all my needs fulfilled. I don't even have the need to have these beliefs or emotional attachment to the beliefs. For me, beliefs are just things that come and go. I swap them around whenever they work out or whatever. There is no emotional attachment required because I don't have these emotional needs that feel threatened when these beliefs fall or rise. What I realize is that if I want to help you guys, the best way of going about it is by giving you guys beliefs that get you what you need. And the emotional attachment process on these beliefs is the most normal thing in the world. And that's the thing, like, I've always wondered, is emotional attachment to beliefs or to identity a required evil, to put it that way, to get these people to grow to a point where they don't need it anymore? And it seems to be the case. Of course, there is still potentially other ways where you can go through meditation or whatever. And maybe there is other ways that get you these needs without emotional attachment. But emotional attachment is an omnipresent mechanic that works all around the world. And that's why you grow up, your thought that if you believe that getting a fancy car will make you happy, you would literally work years for it to get your car. If you believe blowing yourself up will get you to heaven, that belief will make you blow yourself up. Beliefs are extremely powerful and the extent to which they fulfill our needs define the extent we are emotionally attached to it. Let's say you feel lonely and start smoking weed in order to overcome it and it seems to work. You will start generating very strong beliefs why weed is a good thing. And then when there is articles saying like weed is more damaging or whatever, you feel really threatened because it's how you overcome your loneliness. The beauty of this is that while before I was always trying to approach things from a think for yourself, don't be attached, detach yourself perspective, I realized that a lot of people can't even get to the point where they truly can think for themselves because they doubt themselves too much. They need a set of beliefs that they can use to then build their own thinking on top of that because without it, they don't even have the confidence to think for themselves. And that is why I think an approach that is more identity focused and more based on emotional attachment will work a lot better. And I will just explain what I have. I don't know if we we're going to do that, but it's just an idea. First of all, we are officially a religion now. 
Neurospinocism is officially a religion in Germany. So that's a good thing. We can teach it in schools and stuff. And basically, I've been thinking a lot about what is the best way to help people grow. The thing is with the chakras I talked about yesterday, I had a few people try it out here. And what they came to me today, they say, like, it didn't work because I don't believe in this shit. And that's the thing. Like, it works for people that do believe in it. It doesn't work for people that don't believe in it. But it's not because it doesn't work or it does work. It's the extent to which you believe in certain things that define for a big part whether you can get your needs out of it. And that is why building certain belief systems that work for each individual can greatly enhance your ability to grow. Because I'm just thinking about where we're going to go and how we're going to do this. This is all just me thinking out loud. But basically, I think a dual approach where on one end you have the more emotional branch that is focused more on people that are emotionally calibrated, which lean more to spirituality. You have that branch. And on the other hand, you have the conceptual branch, which is more reason and stuff, which is more the scientific part. And basically build an actual layer by layer schematics that you can just follow and you can truly trust. And basically by doing that, you can actually see progress and believe in certain beliefs that can help you grow and grow and grow more and grow more. And the thing is, being attached to certain beliefs is fine if it helps you get your needs. But as you grow, you will start letting go one belief for another one that is more suitable. And if we work it out really well, where we really have a working mechanic, then we can just promote it. We can promote it by saying like, hey guys, look at how much we achieve. Look how much certain people lose weight. Look how much people have grown. Because people tend to gravitate to what works. And if we have this dual approach where we provide powerful beliefs that can help you overcome certain obstacles you are facing right now in your life, if you see them work, you'll have a very easy time just believing in neurospinicism or whatever. And as a result, you'll get a lot of confidence out of that, which allows you to start thinking for yourself. So that's basically the idea. I don't know to which extent we're going to do it. It's just me thinking out loud. I'm thinking also talking to people here. But I do think like very simple things you can just lose yourself into and replace or upgrade current belief sets that, you know, might be less optimal. I think will highly have a bigger impact because it's what has been working in society to begin with. I'm too much approaching things from a detachment perspective from a think-for-yourself perspective, I keep ramming it, but people don't seem to gravitate towards it because it's too advanced for a lot of people. You already need a level of minimal self-confidence to even think for yourself. If you doubt yourself all the time, you'll be like, what am I going to do thinking for myself? What is this like? You just have an inner critic or whatever to make up for a lack of understanding and it just doesn't work so well. So I think this approach might work really well. And basically the end phase as you grow and you climb the layers of your needs or your obstacle, the top ones are the ones about thinking clearly and detachment. Just like chakras, the last one is the one where you truly detach. If you go through the entire system and mechanic, when you're truly self-actualized, you don't need a system anymore. And that's where you can truly let go and move on. And I think that approach will have much more impact than the ones where I'm constantly avoiding attachments, avoiding identity, avoiding that because I go, it goes against my message. But if you need it to grow, then later on you can let it go as you grow to a certain point and then it's fine. Where do our identities come from? Say more but the way it works is it's actually quite fascinating how it works. Because identity is merely beliefs and beliefs are crucial. Beliefs are crucial to our survival. I mean, if you see a gun pointed at you, you're going to run because of the belief of it being a gun and knowing what it can do. You never got shot, yet you're scared of a gun. And it's because of your beliefs. Your beliefs give you an edge. 
You don't have to go through the experience in order to know what is dangerous or what is not dangerous. You can just learn it much more effectively. When you have your needs, the way you go about getting what you need is to your beliefs. So if you learn through life like, yeah, if I do these things, if I do these rituals, if I follow these beliefs, I will get what I need. You get emotionally attached to these beliefs because they provide for you. It's like almost like being emotionally attached to a mother because she provides for you these beliefs that you have can also provide for you. And when you have a cluster of beliefs, it can form an identity. And that's where identity comes from. And being emotionally attached to your identity is actually something that can help you get your need if your identity is healthy. On the other hand, if your identity is unhealthy and it goes really against yourself, like for example, Daily Darius has an unhealthy identity where he really thinks he's a loser. And as a result, whenever he thinks about his beliefs, he just feels even worse about him. But you have the ability to go through the emotion, go to the essence and realize how to achieve your needs in a more constructive way. So that's why you have this identity. But the thing is, when you fulfill all your needs, you don't even need identity anymore. You don't even need an attachment to identity anymore or an attachment to beliefs. Beliefs become more just practicalities that you swap around like programs without too much effort. Leet says, you are thinking you said you wouldn't mind having someone six years in their bedroom if they came out like you. Why did you kick me out in one week after finding out my core value and I was doing quite some progress? Little inconsistent, no? Lead. I'm actually really happy that you ask this question, by the way, because I can address it so everybody can hear on the stream. So it can be very helpful for other people like you, because when I would have addressed it to you, it wouldn't have had the same impact. And even though what I said was accurate, I don't think it would have been able to help you. And that's the reason why I didn't even address it myself. First of all, I want to say there's nothing wrong with you. And I said, yeah, why did I get then kicked out? When people come over here, they come over for many different reasons. The reason why you came over here was because of safety. And that on itself is not too bad. Everybody needs this sense of safety. The problem, though, comes if you come over here where on a fundamental level, you're very survival oriented. I'm not going to say like, hey, you're bad or whatever. It's just because you've grown up in a situation that is more harsh and less giving, to put it that way. And as a result, you've become a very survival minded person. And I'll explain you. When it comes down to survival mindset, I can talk quite a big deal about it because my own family, from my father's side, is very survival-oriented. And survival-oriented is when, on a physical level, your physical needs like food or whatever are not fully met because there is very strong economical problems or whatever. You can have this very strong safety focus where it's you or someone else. It's always about that. It's about either you or someone else. And you have this very strong survival mechanics where you constantly fuel your own survival by seeing how you can take advantage. And the problem with that is the following. You can be trusted. Of course, you can say like, yeah, like it's not your fault. I mean, you've grown up like that. It's not your fault that you can't be trusted. It's just how you grew up. But you have this constant focus. So you can say like, yeah, but how can you then grow into a trusting mindset? That's the problem. If you grew up, and I will explain you the paradox. I discussed this with Reese. If you grew up in an environment where it's either you or others, then your belief to not trust anyone is what keeps you alive. It's what keeps you surviving. So everything you do, everything you learn is mechanics to just be able to trick the opposing party in order to believe that you can be trusted. And that's why you have this very nice vibe around you and you really know how to communicate because everything is framed within that context of, hmm, how can I gain from this situation? Problem is now the following. The reason why you do that is because it works. 
you really trust this survival mindset because it helped you get where you are. So if you come over here and you need to overcome this belief that allowed you to get what you want, to get what you need, then it goes against it. So even me just providing myself and allowing you like, hey, you can trust me, goes against the belief that got you what you need because you can't trust anyone. So you already see the paradox. So how can you overcome it? There is a way to overcome it. It's by dropping that belief. But when you drop that belief, you fall back on your essence. And your essence is extremely, extremely vulnerable. More than anyone. People that have grown to not care so much about their safety and are more stuck into validation and belonging, they're much more ahead. But the problem is, and that's where the issue is, if you become very vulnerable, not only do you have a much longer path to go, but the moment you get any kind of friction, any kind of resistance, any kind of threat, you fall back on what you know, which is it's all for themselves. So the only way that we could help you is if you would really be in a perfect situation where even if you could take advantage and even if you wouldn't be able to be trusted, you wouldn't still be able to do any damage. And that's the thing. That's not the case. Because in this environment, as we grow and we become more open and we have people accessing everything, basically, like if someone comes over here with very survival mindset, which is all fine, they can do a lot of damage. And then to me, it's about to which extent does it provide for my needs? Because that's the problem. When you're in a survival mindset, you only see what you can take. Whatever you can take, you take. But that on itself is inherent flawed mechanic. Because if I see that, then I know that my needs are just threatened. The only thing I can do is lose. And as a result, I just put myself in a situation where I just, when I think about it and when I reflect on it, if I want to contribute to the world, your ability to grow here is very unlikely to yield results that would benefit the world because you have such a long way to go. And that is something we cannot provide. Because at the end of the day, everybody's equal. You are equal to me, to anyone. So why would I make exceptions for you when someone else that is more stuck in belonging and validation is way ahead? Also, the way you got here was because of lying. You lied on the call. You lied to me. Everything you did was lying to get here. So why should I reward you for lying if someone else that is validation seeking and belonging gets almost instantly rejected because they're not as good at lying because they haven't really trained that ability because they're not in that survival mindset. So someone that is further but allows the ability to lie and is able to do so in a nice way, should be able to stay. But someone that is more honest should be rejected. That makes no sense. That's inconsistent. But then again, you can still say like, but how do I help him? I was talking to Reed and said like, okay, now that we understand how it all is, how do I help him? Because I have nothing wrong against you. I like you. I mean, you're a human being just like anyone. I just see the child in you. I want to truly help. So I was thinking like, so what do we do? We just give up on them? No, there's a way to fix it. The way to fix this is love. You cannot be truly loved when you are in survival mindset where you only want to take because loving means you respect each other's needs. If you just want to take and take and take, you cannot be truly loved. But I know that at this point, maybe it's not something so much of your concern, but as you grow or as you want someone to connect with or whatever, you will want to be loved because that's how you achieve your more advanced empathic needs where you fulfill a role in a bigger group. So being able to understand that this survival needing mindset works fine when it's between life and death. But once you have that, you cannot be loved by keeping that mindset is an ability, is a way to be able to understand. But wait, on a fundamental level, if I keep thinking everyone for themselves, I will never be able to be truly loved. But the problem with that is you need to have grown to a certain extent 
where you experience what I'm talking about before it can really hit you. And the thing is that like this place, we cannot provide for this path to self-actualization because it would be irresponsible because there is a lot of other people that can potentially come over and can take time because Reese talked a lot to you. Hours and hours and hours. I also talk to you. This is all time that we could also spend on other things. And I'm not saying you're not worth it. Not at all. I'm just saying like if everybody's equal, then why would we choose to give you priority treatment towards someone else? Not because you're worth less, but just because everybody's equal. I know that this is very hard to truly understand because when you're in a survival mindset, you just want to survive and you want to see what you can take. But I can tell you that this taking mindset where you don't respect other people's needs, it's self-contradictory. It's not consistent with itself. Because if other people do the same, your own needs are threatened. And that's what integrity is about. It's about acting in a way that doesn't contradict itself. But that is something you don't mind so much. Because as long as it works, you're fine. But it didn't work. Here it doesn't work. But going to the experience maybe makes you, you know, reflect on these things and think about it. But this paradigm shift is something that is very hard to achieve in an environment where you are being controlled by these beliefs you've been attached to because they've been working so well where you come from. But it's nothing personal, man. I really like you. I didn't feel like, oh, yeah, we got to get rid of him. No, no, no. I'm really, truly caring. But at the same time, that applies for everyone. So I hope you get a better understanding why it's not your fault. Things are the way they are, and I hope it helped you to understand and learn and grow and put things in context. I think either way, it was a good experience. Entropy says, I think long time. I wanted to know what you've been up to. Last time, it was all about clicking. Don't want to watch the long YouTube videos. Please summarize. I've gone through a lot of growth, you know. What I realize is, I'm going to give a little summary and then call it a day. Basically, what I realize is that everybody just tries to fulfill their needs. And our needs is for everyone the same. We just have these biological needs But depending on where you grew up, if you grew up 10,000 years ago, your needs will be framed differently than when you grew up today. And basically, it's the beliefs that allow you to get your needs become this gateway to fulfill yourself. And the way we go about it is we just become emotionally attached to these beliefs. 10,000 years ago, it might have been, you know, some shaman. 2,000 years ago, it might have been religion or Jesus or whatever. Today, it might be consumerism. We basically create all these beliefs we become emotionally attached to because they basically provide what we need. But the crazy thing is we don't even know what we need. What we emotionally need, we don't know that because we just grow up. We're just this emotional being and we just create all these concepts and beliefs on top of it. And uh, as long as it works, as long as we feel fulfilled, we just follow it. But being able to understand what you need by experiencing the emotion allows you to get much better grip on how to fulfill yourself. Because sometimes you can think like, I need a Lamborghini. And you could literally go work your entire life to buy a Lamborghini. But the reason why you want a Lamborghini is not because that's your need. Needs are more primal. And when you go closer and closer and down and down and down, you see like, oh, it's because you want to fit in. It's because you care what other people think and you want to belong. But the sense of belonging does not mean buy a Lamborghini. It's just buying a Lamborghini is how it's being reflected in society. You're being sold a lie. Buy this and you will get your happiness. Do this and you will get your happiness. That's not true. What society tells you what gets you your happiness is not true. It doesn't work like that. It's a lie that you're being put into and we just look at others and we are so confused. But through understanding, we can get anything we need. Because understanding allows us to get closer to reality than anything else. And understanding does not mean only logical understanding. It also means emotional understanding. Understanding your feelings, understanding how you work and being able to align these two 
bring about this framework where you don't feel entitled, where you don't take everything for granted, where you can truly grow as a person. While clicking was all about you take logic as your core value, it didn't work for everyone because some people don't have this logical mindset that is advanced enough to get what they need because of it. And as a result, when they then adopt logic, they try to get what they need and it doesn't work and they fall back on what worked better. Because at the end of the day, it's about what works. But the thing is, if you understand that understanding can provide it and that you can nourish that understanding by being in the right environment or by really understanding yourself emotionally or developing your prefrontal cortex and your cognitive abilities, you will start generating more and more clear-mindedness. And of course, like a system of beliefs can help you a lot because even the ability to think for yourself, to understand, to fall back on it requires a certain level of confidence. And a lot of people don't even have that. That's why a lot of people, when I talk about, oh, clicking and this and that, it didn't really do anything because they didn't have the confidence to even think they can think for themselves. So how do you deal with that? You basically provide a belief system that is better to get what people need than what they currently have. And then they can become emotionally attached to that, grow outside their needs, and then at the point, they can let it go completely. So my plan is to start some more identity-focused framework We actually have a religion. I don't know if we're going to call it a religion. Maybe we're going to give it a better name because it's officially a religion because it allowed us to get completely in order on a legal framework. We can even teach it in schools. You can't do that with a movement or a school or whatever, but with a religion you can. So um, we will just find a, a really nice way of giving certain beliefs that are inspired by whatever worked for religions and what worked for the scientific community and whatever and basically just create a very simple identity that people can lose themselves into to grow to the point where they can adopt understanding and train their more cognitive abilities because it's quite advanced. Most people are stuck in their emotional growth and you only get to the mind when you are more emotionally stable on a certain level for most people. It's not for everyone. Some people are have quite a strong mind and still fucked up emotionally, but I'm just talking generally speaking. When you're very emotionally troubled, you've got to have quite some RNG to really think thoroughly. But with the right guidance, with the right belief system, I think we can achieve quite a lot, and that's what we're working on right now. But understanding and adopting understanding as the to-go point for getting your needs, I would always say that's the way to go. But of course, if you lack the understanding, having an identity... A healthy identity can help more. Subscribe to youtube.com slash wins. Watch the live stream at twitch.tv slash live. And follow the real Athene on Snapchat.